JC Hurtado Prater. Welcome to JC Talks, a podcast about life and leadership. I'm an organizational consultant and professor of business and leadership. My entire purpose is to help you, your team, and your organization be more impactful, more effective, and more profitable. When the leader gets it right, everybody wins. This podcast is my opportunity to share with you great interviews, great books, great articles, and the important lessons I am learning on the journey. My only hope is that the next few moments add value to your life and to your leadership. Stay tuned. recent weeks, I've been thinking about this whole return to work uh, phenomenon that we're going through right now. You know, as all of you know, we've gone through COVID in the last, uh, well, I guess it started really in February of 2020, uh, started March, by March 2020, we were kind of shutting down the entire world. And here we are in uh, September, the end of September 2021, and we're still talking about it. It's the effects of COVID on the workplace, the effects of COVID uh, just on work in general. Um, we're still we're just, we're still kind of reeling is not the best word, but we're still dealing with the effects of, of COVID. And, and so one of the primary things that we're dealing with right now is this idea of remote work, right? So that's where you have certain jobs where they're not necessarily needed at the office, and so they were able to go home. They took their computer home. And most of what they did was through emails and that kind of communication and, and Zoom, right? You know, that took off. And so people were able to stay home and get the work done that, uh, that they needed to get done. And uh, so employers thought this would be for a few weeks, just, you know, two, three, four, five weeks, and then it would go away and we'd all get back to work. And then that didn't happen. And you know, we, we, we remained in lockdown and our kids were doing Zoom school and, and, uh, and then things started to open back up. And so a lot of employers now are looking at bringing people back. And some employers have already done that. You know, there was, I think it was Morgan Stanley or one of the big banks based out of New York said, if you can go to a restaurant and you can eat in a restaurant, then for sure you can, um, you know, then you can be at work. So if I see you at the restaurant, then I need to make sure that I see you uh, at work, right? And then you have other CEOs, and I actually tweeted about this earlier today. You have other CEOs like, and let me actually pull this up because I'm going to forget the name. Uh, you have other CEOs, and they tend to be of a different generation. They tend to be a little bit younger. Um, CEOs who are saying, hey, we were able to make it happen uh, with remote work. So why in the world are we going to pull everybody back in to do the commutes and miss time out on their families and all this other stuff, right? And um, so there was actually a recent interview with Airbnb CEO, and I'm going to forget his name, so I'm going to look that up real quick. Airbnb. I see. I should have had this prepared before I jumped on here. My my apologies, but I'll get this real quick. Brian Chesky, Brian Chesky, who's the CEO of Airbnb. He did an interview with um, with with CNN, and uh, I highlighted some of the m more important reasons. So we're going to talk about this real quick, and then it's going to get us to what we need to talk about today. Uh, because this has been on my mind a great deal, 
right? If you can work from home, if you don't need to be in the office, if you don't need to make that commute, why are certain employers asking their um, their people to make the commute to come into the office and serve, you know, to work for 40, 50, 60 hours a week when maybe some of that they could be in the office for, but why can't they just do it from home? Okay. Uh, so here we go. Here are the five key points I took away. And I encourage you to, it's on CNN.com. There was a little, it was like a short, short video. And he talks about this idea of workplace, workplace flexibility. And so here are the five, five takeaways that I, I took from, from this interview. It was a great, a great interview. A lot of gold that he shared, uh, in the few minutes that I saw work and travel are related. So obviously he has a, he, he has a, um, you know, Brian, you know, Chesky has a, um, he has a real dog in that fight, right? Because he's the CEO of Airbnb. So that, that entire industry depends on travel. Um, but one of the things that he's saying is that they're starting to see their business is starting to take off again, but it's no longer people renting homes for, uh, one or two nights, but they're renting them by the week or a week and three days or whatever. They're able to do that now because people are able to work remotely. So he said that that's, uh, that's something that we have to understand right now, that work and travel are related. Uh, number two, employees. Now, this one really got me. Employees, not CEOs, will drive the future of work. So right now we have this idea, especially in, in a, you know, I'm mainly thinking about Western society, how we do work and how we think about work. It's very much a uh, we still have kind of that top down machine structured way of doing it. You go into the office, you report to your boss, you know, you've you, uh, you've got a cubicle and that's where you you know, that's kind of where you hang out. That's where you do the work and that's where the work happens. And then you go home at nighttime and you come back the next day. But he's saying so that's kind of what's driving work. It's kind of top down CEO. We make the rules and that's how it's working. What he's saying is in the future, employees, not necessarily that employees are going to be in charge, but that employees based on their work habits are going to actually drive the future of work. So a lot more employees are going to pass up the local job where they're at if they know that they can get a job, you know, based out of New York City, but they can remain living in San Diego, like where I live or San Francisco or LA or Phoenix or Houston or Miami, Florida, or wherever it is, Brazil or Paris or whatever. Um, why in the world are they going to go back to work? And so if, 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 if employers want to make sure that they're attracting the right people, they're, uh, they're going to have to start saying, okay, we're losing a lot of good people because they're going to places where they're able to have more flexible work schedules and work from home and do Zoom meetings once a day or whatever it is. We're able to make this happen. And so really the, 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 the habits of employees are going to drive the future work, not necessarily uh, CEOs and kind of top-down organizations. Number three, he says this compensation and flexibility are key factors in choosing the company to work for, right? So if the compensation is good, but the flexibility is not, uh, future employees may say, that's not a place I want to work for. Okay. Uh, or if the compensation is bad, but they have great flexibility, that actually might be a sticking point. There actually might people, you know, there will probably be people who say, I will, I will do uh, less on the compensation, if I have greater flexibility and how I work. Flexibility, I think, is going to be really key. Um, 
and and Brian Chesky is saying it's right behind compensation. I'm saying it, it might actually be right there in partnership. And people may take a lower salary, uh, a lower salary if they know that there's uh, more flexibility um, in their work. So that's a key factor. And then what he said was this, and I thought that this was really important for us to understand: hybrid work equals a much greater talent pool. Okay, so. If I am based out of San Diego and the only talent pool I have are people from San Diego or, or people have to root, you know, root up from their families. And if I find someone who's in New York City, then he's got to give up his family. If, he, if he's got family back there, maybe it's a hometown that he lives in. Maybe it's somewhere great. But he's got to root all that up and move out here. Uh, a whole new way of living, a whole new culture. He's got to give that up in order to have a job. And what if he doesn't like the culture? Then probably within one or two years, I'm going to lose him or you're going to lose him, right? If you're, um, if you're an employer, but now with this more uh, remote work, this more remote world that we live in, uh, the, the talent pool is going to be greater. And so if I'm a CEO in San Diego and I'm only looking at what I have in San Diego, I'm going to be a little bit limited on, and that's in any city, right? You're only going to be limited by geography um, to the people that you can hire. But if you open up and you open up where you're, uh, you know, where, you know, you open up where you want to hire from, you're going to have a lot greater, um, you know, you're going to have a lot greater opportunity in terms of hiring people. Okay. Um, so that's really important for us to understand as well. And then uh, finding ways to connect. It says uh, number five here. I said that finding ways to connect uh, is really key in this virtual world. So that's one of the things that employers are going to have to work on. But, but here's what I want to talk about in this podcast today. The, the question that I've had on my mind is why in the world are so many, because I've seen this before, I, and I've heard some of the leaders who are talking about um, if you want to work at this place, you need to be back in the office. You need to be back here. This is how we do things here. And um, then you have others who are saying, no, no, no. You know, if you can work from home and still get your job done, and you're having great outcomes, then we're going to let you work from home. And so I've been looking at this idea or I've been thinking about this idea. What's the difference between the leader who says it's OK for you to stay home? It's OK for you to get the work done. And the leader who says, uh, no, we want to see you in the office. I want your butt in the seat. I want to make sure that I see what you're doing. It's important that you're here, which I, I do agree that if you're an employer, um, at some point, you need to see the people that you're working for, right? That's to, to some extent, that's going to be important uh, for what you're trying to do. Um, but I think it comes down to this idea of trust. And that's what I've been thinking about, Okay this idea of trust. And so here's a book I, you know, we're taking a little bit of a break from the series that we're in the laws of human nature. And I've been kind of, uh, I've been picking through this book in, in the last couple of weeks, it's called on becoming a leader by Warren Bennis. Highly recommend that you read this book. Um, if you're on a, a leadership journey, this was the first leadership development book that I ever read and it greatly impacted my life. And here's what he has to say. I'm on page 131. He says that leaders who trust their coworkers, because I think uh, going back to what we're talking about, this idea of remote work, I think trust is at the bottom of it. I think uh, you've got one CEO who exhibits a great deal of trust for their workers. You have another CEO who maybe lacks trust for their workers. And so here's what Warren Bennis has to say about trust. Leaders who trust their coworkers are in turn trusted by them. So leader, it's re really important for you to understand the more trust that you want, uh, and all leaders want that. Leaders want to be trusted by their people. That's the foundation for great leadership, right? So 
if you want trust from them, you have to give trust to them. Trust, of course, cannot be acquired, but can only be given, right? Uh, so leadership without mutual trust is a contradiction in terms. And I would just say in life in general, right? Asking someone to trust you without fully trusting them uh, is really setting yourself up for failure. That's probably in a relationship. That's in a team. That's in an organization, right? If you want people to trust you, you have to give trust to them. This is kind of one of those reciprocal uh, aspects of life, right? You can't ask for trust and not give it and expect it you know, to come one direction. I would say this, to the extent that you trust other people is the extent that they're going to trust you, right? Now, there are other factors that go into it, and we'll talk about that probably later in the week, character, integrity, right? Uh, if people do trust you and you make a, a mistake of some sort, you're going to lose that trust. But for the most part, uh, if you want greater trust from your people, you have to be willing to give greater trust to them, right? And that just goes for, I think that's any relationship in life. If you want greater trust, you have to give greater trust, okay? Uh, trust resides squarely between faith and doubt. Leaders always have faith in themselves, their abilities, their coworkers, and their mutual, uh, their mutual possibilities. I want to read that one more time because that's really important. Leaders always have faith in themselves. It starts there, right? It's the confidence that I have in myself as a person. Uh, and then they have uh, uh, faith in their abilities, right? So I'm confident in what I'm doing. I'm well-trained. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I've studied this. My, I've studied my craft. I understand my skill. Uh, I'm, I'm great at what I do. So there's trust there. And then they have trust in their coworkers, right? I trust that you have the ability uh, to do what we've asked you to do. I trust that you're going to help the team get better, that you're going to help the organization get better. Uh, so they have that trust there. And if they've hired the right person and they've done their due diligence, of course, they're going to have trust in their coworkers. Uh, and their mutual possibilities. So they have trust in the future because of all this coming together. I trust myself. I trust my abilities. I trust my coworkers. And I trust the, I, I trust the possibilities that we can make happen together. But leaders also have sufficient doubt to question, challenge, probe, and thereby progress. So that's important as well, right? Trust isn't, part of trust is doubt, right? Part of trust is asking the hard questions. That's in relationships. That's in teams. That's in organizations. Look, the, the teams that lack the most trust, the teams that I've been a part of, the teams that I've led, the teams that lack the most amount of trust are the teams that aren't allowed to question anything. The teams that aren't allowed to have doubt, right? The teams that aren't allowed to challenge, the teams that aren't allowed uh, to probe. Uh, it, it's a team filled with yes people, Yes, 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 yes. Those are the teams that lack trust. If you want to have greater trust, right, as a leader, you have to give trust, but you also have to be willing for people to question. You have to allow for them to challenge. You have to allow for them to probe deeper, right? So you give a great idea and you think it's an amazing idea because you're a leader and everything that comes out of your mouth is amazing. That's how leaders think, right? I struggle with the same thing. But the only way that you're going to progress forward is by having people around you who question you, who challenge you, who probe you. Uh, and that's how progress happens, right? So, th so those are aspects of having trust as well. You've got to give trust uh, in order to receive trust. The level of trust that you give is the level of trust that you're going to receive. But you also have to allow people in their process of trusting you to question, to probe, to challenge.
in the same way his or her co-workers so we're talking about the leader again must believe in the leader uh, themselves and their combined strength but they must feel sufficiently confident to question again we just talked about this to question challenge probe and test as well maintaining that that vital balance between faith and doubt preserving that mutual trust is a primary task for the leader okay so there's a lot to unpack there right and we don't have time to go into all of it today but again you've got to give trust to receive trust uh, trust is found in that balance of faith and doubt. So you and we have to allow that as leaders and teachers. And I think there's a, a, a huge. Um, there are so many common denominators between great teachers and great leaders, right? And so great teachers, and I'm learning this, I am in this new journey of teaching uh, college students and learning how to trust college students um, and, and, and wanting them to trust me. That's really important so that they learn from me. They learn from the class. They learn from uh, my facilitation skills. It's really important that I'm able to do that. Um, but, but we have to understand that there's going to be faith and there's going to be doubt. This is where trust is found, okay? Um, and, and leaders have to understand that. So coming back to this idea of remote work, I think it's really important that leaders understand this, right? You have to be able to give trust. And that means you have to say, hey, we hired you to get the job done. We want you to get the job done. We trust that you're going to get the job done. We trust that you're going to make that happen. Okay. And because you trust them, you've got to understand that they're going to get the job done. Now, if they don't, then that's a separate conversation. People will break trust. It's going to happen. This is part of trusting as well. It's opening yourself up for disappointment. And the reality is that there will be people on your teams. There'll be people in your organization that will disappoint you. I'm a teacher. Again, going back to this, there are students of mine out there and you give a lot of trust when you're a college student, right? And one of the things that we try to tell uh, our students all the time is that we're not here to baby you. This isn't middle school. This isn't high school. I'm not going to call out your name and say, hey, you missed an assignment. That's up to you. If at the end of this quarter, you recognize that you have three missed assignments and you, you know, you reach out to me the night before grades are due, can I turn all these in? The answer is going to be no, because you should have followed that along the way. You're an adult now. You are a college student, right? For the most part, you're probably 18 and all the way up, right? I've got students of mine in graduate programs that go all the way up into their 50s. You are responsible for your work, Right. Uh, and, and, and so there's that balance there. So, so there's a lot of trust given, right? And then I give instruction and I trust that you're going to receive that instruction uh, and trust that you're going to get the work done. But I'm not going to follow you around just like your future boss is not going to follow you around, right? And so the same goes in this idea of, um, you know, the same goes in this idea of work. The same goes in this idea of remote work. There has to be trust given from the CEO to the employees. I think so. Right. And, and the employees have to uh, maintain that trust. Right. But but we all have to understand that in this lesson of trust, in this idea of trust, there's faith and there's doubt. 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 And trust runs down the middle and you have to allow people that. Right. So there's going to be faith, but there's also going to be doubt. That's part of trust. And the more that I'm allowed to challenge, the more that I'm allowed to doubt, the more that I'm allowed to probe, right, and go deeper on whatever it is that I need to, uh, to figure out, the more I'm allowed to question. And, and the more that you receive that and the more that the team grows, the greater the trust is going to be, okay? So again, going back to this idea of remote work, trust, 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 trust. And then when the trust is 
You know, when someone breaks the trust, you got to have the hard conversation and you're going to have to have that. Okay. But leader, understand this. The extent that you want people to trust you is the extent that you have to be able to give that trust. That's all I got for you today. I'll see you in the next episode of JC Talks, a leadership podcast. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to my podcast, JC Talks, a leadership podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcast and be the first to get new episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon.